0: Hello, and welcome to Inspiring Healthy Workplaces, a podcast brought to you by Total Wellness. Today, I want to welcome my co-host, Kenton Hicks, National Account Executive with Total Wellness, and our very special guest, Ryan Wolf, Physical Wellbeing Lead at Gallup. Ryan has been working at Gallup for over 15 years, leading their well, well, wellness program and initiatives. Welcome, Ryan.
1: Hi there, guys. Good to be with you here.
0: Ryan, go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about yourself and, and uh, why you happened to be at Gallup for 15 years and, and uh, what, what, what you love about Gallup and what you love about your job.
1: Oh, nice. Um, how much time do we have? No. So yeah, I'm, uh, I've been here since about 2004. I got my undergrad degree in exercise science. I've always been big into sports and working out and that, that sort of thing. So that's what my education, I, what I chose for my education, um, back when I was done with high school and this job opened up at Gallup in Omaha And just one year after this building here was opened, we used to be headquartered in Lake Nebraska. Um so in the new office uh in Omaha they they opened up a gym because that was kind of the cool hip thing to do, to have an on-site fitness center. So I started in there um really green in the thumb and sorry, not not green in the with my thumb, but green in my head and, and uh not knowing really anything. Um in terms of, uh, what to provide in terms of a wellness program, but health coaching was what I did. And I still do a lot, whole lot of that, but I'm now my primary job is more to create our health strategy, um, and really to create our wellness content.
2: Very nice. Were you the, uh, the first wellness person at Gallup?
1: No, there was somebody else. Uh, her name is Jamie, uh, started, um, before I did, and we were so busy. Uh, it was just, it was just a huge concept, really well supported. That's probably why we were busy. We have great support from not just executives but our our managers, um, and just an overall culture of of health and wellness. So uh, we had a lot of traction early on, and they they needed needed another person. Thankfully, is Jamie still there? Ryan, is she still part of the wellness program? She's not. She had a, um, started growing her family and uh, uh, stepped away. But we have some new players, and we've we've always had um, you know one or one or two other health coaches, which is awesome. Um, so so yeah, we service about um, about seven hundred employees are available for our service nationally. Um, there's about 500 here in Omaha who utilize our service. And our service, you kind know, of big quotations around around that um, that term. We have an on-site fitness center, obviously, which you can get uh, fitness assessments or workout programs or nutritional recommendation. A lot of education. And then, so we can, we can meet with people physically in Omaha, but then we also do that remotely with our associates who don't uh, work here in Omaha. So, so Kenton, uh,
0: before we get into your questions, I think that we have one question to kind of describe your personal philosophy on wellness okay. uh, and how it relates to, I guess, to what you're doing at Gallup. And then Kenton has a couple really important questions that he wanted to ask you after, after that.
1: So my personal wellness philosophy, I guess I'm really big into integrating wellness or well-being or whatever you want to call it. We all kind of know what we're talking about here. Um integrating it with your organization's culture. So that's that's really big for me, making sure that I you know, just because my maybe my interest and my background is in health and and wellness, and um, you know things like working out and nutrition. We really, uh, as wellness leaders, I think we really need to be tuned in to our organization and our the, the goals of and our mission, the mission around our organization. What are we trying to accomplish? You know, what is what are what are we all in, in this together for? That way, you can start speaking that kind of cultural uh, within the organization language. And the initiatives that you spread throughout, and and then you just get a lot more traction that way. I know for sure I did not do that early on in my career. It took it took me some time to to figure that one out for sure. Um, but that's that's a big one, I guess. Also, just like at, from a more personal level, my personal wellness philosophy is to really be in tune with. Um, Like experimenting i'm really big in experimenting uh trying new things there's a whole lot of things that that can uh, work for you and, and and also things that might not work for you um and then also being really efficient with the time that you dedicate to working out or eating well um you know maybe maybe tracking every calorie and macronutrient that goes into your body is a good thing for you but um maybe maybe doing that might drive you crazy. Um, so I think it's important that we that's just an example of something you can experiment with and and then also uh, be more efficient um, with with that time that you spend in the gym. Maybe maybe twenty five minutes of a workout is is just as good as forty five minutes or an hour um, if you're intelligent about it, smart about it.
2: That's fantastic. Sounds like you have a pretty open mind to ideas and concepts and uh, maybe not a one-size-fits-all type mentality. Um, so one of the questions I had, can you tell me a little bit more about Gallup's wellness program? It's uh, something that we didn't have really in place
1: when it started 15 years ago, but we've evolved over time. And one of our biggest accomplishments was we just achieved kind of during the past 12 months is we're, we now – um, perform all of our uh, wellness initiatives without vendor support so we do it all in-house which is re- really cool actually so so I say that like we have our own um, technology platform we don't we don't buy um, a vendor for that we do use vendors for for key key items like for example we use total wellness for flu shots which which is a great vendor so those are the kind of vendors we partner with. But the really cool thing is we have our own technology that we developed. Starting, oh, six, seven years ago, I got the uh, had the opportunity with my team to work with some interns that worked in our technology department, and they coded and, and created a, a fantastic website that we, that we monitor and, and uh, update continuously, and that houses a lot of of what we do almost everything we do now it's fully integrated with our medical plan um there's there's incentives offered through in the zone and um so it's it's kind of it's my baby and i'm super happy with it and i love the autonomy that it gives us um it really helps me be able to speak to our culture kind of like i was mentioning earlier
2: yeah that's awesome that sounds fantastic i know. Being able to do things yourself uh, and not to rely on a a vendor for everything, I think that's important. Um,
0: If you don't mind, I jump in. So, kind of between the lines on that. So, I I believe that's great. That if if an organization can develop their own platform, that's great. Is there how how does a company make the best determination if they're going to buy a platform? How they can really leverage that to the greatest extent, or Know that that's going to fit for their culture. If they if they they're forced to uh, find a, a vendor, is there a way the best best practices that they can look, or is that just something that uh, they they have to
1: figure out the hard way? Mm-hmm. And not to not not to you know, I think a lot of wellness leaders out there do have great partnerships with vendors. So I wouldn't I don't want to um, to downplay those those types of. Partnerships and relationships that are occurring out there; those are those are important. Especially, uh, you know, maybe we're depending on how you're resourced. Or uh, there's a whole lot of uh, whole lot of ways you can do wellness. Um, We just discovered that's the best way for us. Um, I I I would encourage everybody to. I I don't think you know developing your own uh, platform technology is is it's
2: for it's not for everybody. Um, So. So anyway, and, and Gallup has a really open minded culture and, you know, there there's other companies that are a little bit uh, their employees may be a, a little bit more resistant to having things handled internally. So I think that that's an important thing to, to recognize is, you know, whether there's uh, a trust within the organization. And obviously the associates do have a trust that they feel very comfortable with uh, everything being handled internally. So. That's incredible. One of the other questions I had, um, what do you think are the main goals for your wellness program? Is it participation or is it, uh, more of an outcomes strategy or, you know, even success stories? What, what, what do you look for, for goals when you, when you're talking about your program? Yeah, good question there.
1: We, I just got done this week on Tuesday. We met with our medical plan to, to go over all of our claims and, and results from 2018. So that's obviously huge. But there's a bigger part of, you know, that's the quantitative part and the qualitative part. Yeah, fortunately, we have some some leaders here like our COO, Jane Miller, and our CFO, Jim Krieger, who are, are big into those qualitative, you know, what, what sort of what sort of stories are coming out of this? Um, they really um, they put a lot of weight into that. Um, so we 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 want we want big participation when we have fitness center events like we have. We kind of run our own series. It's called the Trifecta. Our our fitness center manager Sam Rios came up with it. We have an Oktoberfest run. We have a a May Day run, which is coming up pretty soon, and a uh, Pumpkin Run. So. Uh, we want big numbers there. We want people to show up, and um, we want people to like our. I think one of our biggest goals is just for people to feel good about their health, and that they're improving and maintaining their health, and that their health is contributing to to great well being. Outside of just physical well being, we have a model of of well being that our researchers uh, like Jim Harder developed back in 2010 they wrote a book um what he wrote a book with tom rath called um the five essential elements of well-being and for us everybody's got their own their own model right um and you've you've heard everybody spout them off but ours is physical well-being social well-being financial community and career well-being that's fantastic so i'm lucky to to lead the physical element and i'm really conscious to use those other four elements. I like to call them the other four when I'm internally talking with my team because we kind of are biased and we think physical is the coolest and the best, but, uh, without help from those other elements, um, physical can, um, you really just can't really stand
2: alone. Yeah. So you have internal associates that, That manage the other four. They're kind of the leads for the other four that potentially you work with. Yep, definitely. uh, Or other associates. Yeah, and they're not all FTEs. Um,
1: Sometimes they're kind of teams. Uh, Our finance financial element kind of runs through our credit union, and there's there's a bunch of great players in there and partners. Um. So. So yeah. Very cool.
0: I I love that. uh, Obviously, I. I'm a race director, so I love to hear about you doing those little pumpkin runs. So, um, just generally, what are your participation rates, or do you, do you worry about that so much, or you just kind of worry about that employees are feeling, from the qualitative standpoint, they're feeling good and they're proving their health or maintaining their health? How important are those participation rates on any of, the, uh, any of those initiatives or
1: events that you do? Okay. Yeah. So, so I, I think I might've heard you say pumpkin run. We do a pump and run. So it's traditional, uh, do a bench press and for every of your, your weight. Um, um, there's also like, uh, like for depending on your gender and your age, you do a percentage of your weight on the chest press machine in our gym. And then for every repetition you get, you do get to take that number off of your 5k time. So anyway, that's, that that's a diverging from your question, but um, participation rates. So, g- great question. I think a lot of wellness leaders maybe get get hung up or a little maybe too uh, magnifying glass over participation rates, but so they are very important for us. We want to grow those events, and we want to grow our fitness center users and our usage total number of, uh, uses every year. We we keep a very close eye on things like that, but we want to offer programs where, uh, we have anything from just 1% participation all the way through 100. So I talked earlier a little bit about experimentation and there's some things that are not for everybody. Um, but we need to offer it as a, as a sign of support and as, as a way to help people. So like smoking cessation is something that has really low participation rates, but for sure we wouldn't ever get rid of it because we know how important that is to, to somebody's health, to be able to give up tobacco, um, is, is maybe for some, for somebody it might be the only thing that they could participate, that they participate in and, achieve and succeed in and they do nothing else, that's a huge win. So we, we need to offer things like that. Um, and then there's other, there's other items we hold ourselves to a, a higher standard for participation rate. So, um, there's a, have you guys heard of the well building standard? Is it a organization
0: that uh, helps buildings, uh, achieve, uh- certain statuses as
1: far as health, promoting health and wellness. Yeah. Yes. So think of green, green, like is, mm-hmm. is, uh, to lead as wellness is to the well-building standard. So, so, if, uh, I guess, um, uh, you know, I could go on for a long time about this. I'm really passionate about it, but, um, you know, are, are you offering all of your employees the opportunity to come to a workplace where, wellness is the default. So there's clean water and air and um, there's really good sunlight coming in. You're bringing the outdoors inside with plants and um, lighting is, you know, that your artificial lighting is intelligent. So, so those sort of things. And I work closely with our building supervisor to, to think about those default items that we have in place to make sure that hundred percent of every single person who walks in this building um, feels like, this is a healthy place to be and operate
0: well, you know since I'm aging myself, but you know coming out of college, I worked uh, for an old school, my father, and uh, his office manager it, it was like a library. Uh, we couldn't
1: talk, we couldn't move, seriously, like office space, go go back and watch that and just think about all the the un unwell elements that were in place like what they did to melton and the just the the old school cubes and the like the lack of career well-being that was exemplified it's kind of funny to to look back at that movie and see kind of how workplaces might have been it was an embellishment but it wasn't too far from the truth from for many people uh who worked back in the 90s and even gosh even today sadly so as
0: a segue uh what what in your opinion? What is the best part of your wellness program? I know for you what you're passionate about, but what do you feel like right now is the best part of your wellness?
1: The best thing that's going on? The coolest thing um, that you're doing right now? You know, one thing we started doing last year, and we're doing we're learning how to do it better this year, is we're offering all of our our wellness initiatives and incentives uh, to spouses and domestic partners. So everybody can can participate um so it's not just the associate who is um you know coming to gallop and living living their best life here and getting super healthy and um capitalizing on all the resources but we're offering everything to to uh from through in the zone to spouses and uh, domestic partners which people are really excited about they love that um so yeah, but I guess you know maybe if, I'm also excited just about how we we can do in the zone on our own. And um, another thing we're doing is uh, we're so when you when you develop your own platform and there's it's kind of a gamified platform and you you can earn points and turn points in for prizes. Then then at the end of the year you have to manually order a whole bunch of Prizes like gift cards to Dick's Sporting Goods or Lululemon—that got to be uh, a a lot of work. um, That last week of the year, the first week of each year, so we decided to partner with uh, with a new vendor who can fulfill all those gift cards for us, and um, and you can do it timely. Now you don't have to wait till uh, the end of the quarter or the end of the year. Um, so that's that's a big upgrade for us. Oh, so they, they go
0: on through your platform and they can pick any kind of gift card that's in the marketplace, and then it gives them like an electronic uh, gift card kind of thing.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So we were doing that manually. It was it was a big job. Um, so it it seems archaic, and it, it kind of is and was, but now we now we don't have to do it anymore. It's fantastic.
2: Yeah. So here's my off-the-wall question, Ryan. And uh, don't feel like you have to be uh, too sensitive with it. So if you could do anything, uh, well-being, wellness-related, you didn't have to have a budget, you didn't have to be compliant, you didn't have to have um, manager buy-in or executive buy-in, what do you think that you would do for Gallup? I mean, it it could be just think – crazy, something crazy. What What do you think that would be? What, what does okay. that look like? Well, give me an example of something crazy that... Well, here here's one of my thoughts that I would do is, uh, and I, it's hard in this day and age, is to implement a, a nap strategy. Like go back to when you were in preschool or actually in childcare. They turn off their lights, they play this sensitive music, you don't have any technology, you don't have any distractions, and you just nap. And I know certain companies <laughs> have napping pods and you know, there's, they try to influence uh, sleep, uh, but I'm talking about mandatory. You almost get fired if you're up on your phone uh, <laughs> playing around on a game or, or whatever. I, I'm going to implement uh, a good one-hour nap uh, to kind of just refresh our brain and kind of get us started again. So that's mm-hmm. my pie. I love that. pie in the sky. I don't think it would ever work. We're so dependent on technology, and to take that hour away, you know, reduces your productivity, but it could actually influence your productivity for the next five hours after you do that one-hour nap. So that was my pie-in-the-sky concept.
1: Yeah, I think I want to work at that organization who's got that policy in place. That'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, it, it would it'd be hard, I, but there are places that have those nap pods. Um, I, I Culturally, we are not there yet, Gallup. Gallup's not there. And, um, you know, that's, I think you talked about like no, no budget limitations. Um, I think probably the bigger hurdle there to, to leap over is probably culture. So, okay. So my, my answer would be, I'm, I am obsessed with lately. I'm obsessed with being outdoors as much as you can, especially after having spent a winter in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, the past week or so we've been experiencing 50 degrees and, and sun, which which uh, feels really, really good. But uh, I've, I've been reading a whole lot and researching a lot. Gallup's done a lot of research as well about being outside and like how visiting your local park actually improves your well-being. So my big off-the-wall, I guess maybe it's not as big as yours, would be to, uh, to create outdoor working stations. So where you can grab your laptop and uh, plug in somewhere outside to experience being outside and, and not, not indoors for 30 minutes or an hour. Um, there, there's a lot of obviously a lot of complications you have to overcome like extreme weather and sun and things like that. It's not, that's not as crazy as you think.
0: Yes, yeah, so I actually wrote an article for Forbes last summer about how Ella being created outdoor offices in their headquarters as a pilot.
2: I think that that's not too far off. I think that companies could potentially do something like that and it it can sustain, uh, you know, some of your more challenging with when weather conditions and, and obviously the electricity is already kind of built in there. So I, I think you're, you're onto something and it's, I could see that being in the next, you know, three to five years, something that a lot of big cities have and, and maybe companies will, Will put their own little working stations outside that can still absorb that natural light, but still, but still, be feeling like you're outside and, and uh, amongst the, the nice greenery and trees. If you could have any fitness per- or fitness person uh, that did you know fitness videos from the 80s or 90s come to Gallup and. Uh, you know, maybe teach a class or two. Yeah. So if you could have one of those old school people and, and, you know, a couple ideas, maybe I think Chuck Norris may have done it. Jane Fonda, uh, Richard Simmons. uh, That's a good one. Billy Banks. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they've made a killing off of such a golden age for
1: exercise. Okay. So, I definitely wouldn't choose somebody like a Tony Little. Remember him? He he sold the gazelle. He was he was absolutely bonkers. Uh, so maybe maybe he's not like a. He was probably more of a uh, infomercial salesman than a fitness instructor. But my I would choose Body by Jake. Do you remember that guy? Yeah. Purely just okay. I know he had like an incredible figure, and he mostly unattainable type of body to 99% of the population. But he had this, this, uh, tone about him that was just really open and, um, realistic and yeah. just like, Hey, you know, he was kind of a meet you where you're at kind of guy. Yeah. Let's yeah. try to find, uh, what works best for you he always trained somebody on the show and not not just trained himself so i i think that's who i'd choose for sure that's good
0: so i uh, so Kenton since you brought up the question who would you pick
1: yeah we all
0: want to know we're waiting you know i probably
2: i'd probably pick uh, richard simmons because of um because back when i was a practitioner uh working downtown near ryan um you know, a bunch of the employees would put my face on his body and would have flyers throughout the office. And at first, I thought it was a dig on myself, but then I just realized how cool it was. So I'd probably bring him on board just so you know we could I could get to know him and then get uh, be more like him. To be honest, because if my face is on his body, you know, I'd, I just need to have his personality, and then we're good, we're set. So that's what I would do.
0: We know what we, Ryan, we know what to get Kenton for the, his next birthday. Don't we? Candy cane shorts, a big wig, like, and a big wig, but the shorts, the really short shorts <laughs> to show off his dad bod, yeah. his dad bought. Oh my goodness. All right, Alan, who would you choose? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm a little older. Uh, I, I guess like I, I kind of looked up Arnold Schwarzenegger when I was growing up. So, I don't know if he was like a personality per se, but you know, that I grew up in the early seventies. Uh, and I had some, you know, that's before people really worked out with weights. I, I remember I worked out in my basement and my parents said, what the hell are you doing down there? (laughs) What's that noise going on? I'm serious. And my first weight bench, I had to talk to my cousin who was, uh, at Nebraska Lincoln. And when Boyd Epley was there and I, Say, so can you, you know, because you couldn't really just go to the sporting goods store and buy this stuff. You had to go through somebody. Yeah. So he had, he was an AMF vendor. So I still today have a weight bench from that I got in high school that I used my paper route money to buy, and uh, I just got the bench and it's AMF and it's it's just like a piece of wood with a metal uh, rack for the thing and you know I got a poster with all the different lifting you know, the power lifts and things. And that's, that's, you know, so I my I looked up to Arnold Schwarzenegger thinking that someday I would get that big. And actually, I posed for a picture uh, from my high school video with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, uh, sunglasses. And I'm doing, like, uh, curls. If I could find it, I would show you guys, and you'd probably like... <sighs> Right. Yeah, I had my mother take a photo of me, and then I turned it in school, and they showed it to the entire s- senior class. And I thought it was cool. They probably all got a laugh at it, but I thought it was funny.
2: Awesome. <laughs> so, Perfect. Yeah. Well, we may have to go back to the archives and go to Westside's uh, Westside's uh, yearbook and see if we can find that that photo.
0: I, I will dig it up
2: for you guys. I,
0: I may still have it somewhere, but. And just for your Kenton, I think in the background is a nineteen eighty three Husker poster where you know, the scoring explosion is right behind me with our, so
2: <laughs> nice nice
0: all right well, thanks, Ryan. We really thought this was a great conversation, and I hope other people listen to this and and get some ideas and and uh, you'll be famous uh, along with Kenton and myself, and uh hopefully we'll inspire people to to build their wellness program even better. And that's why we call this our podcast, Inspiring Healthy Workplaces, so we can help people generate ideas and maybe find ways that they could build that around their own culture. So thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, thank you, Ryan.
0: You bet, guys. It was fun.